Welcome to Spectrum, the show that discusses news and topics that affect Southern Nevada and the surrounding communities. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Welcome to another edition of Spectrum, and this morning we have baseball on our minds. Long before the Golden Knights arrived and soon-to-be Raiders football, Las Vegas was and is home to AAA baseball that began with the Stars and then the 51s, and now the Las Vegas Aviators. One constant through all of these many years is longtime team president and COO, Don Logan. Don, welcome to the program. Congratulations on the brand new stadium and the brand new team affiliation. I'm, I'm so happy for you as someone who has been here and, and seen you through all these years. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I think back, in fact, you guys, the Johnson and Tofty in the morning, we used to do the, the morning show circuit in person, good old days, bring booze to some people. Uh, it's hilarious, but it, it, it's been a long time coming, but uh, it's going to be great. Everybody, all of you that have seeing what we've developed through the years are going to be shocked at how nice this is and, and mostly the fans it's just just going to be a completely it's a paradigm shift it's a completely different experience there is something so right about the oakland a's being your parent club don't you think well i think it is in that uh you know i think a lot of people here i hear i heard it yesterday in fact uh you know, I liked it better when you had the Padres. And then I had another guy said, are you going to get the Dodgers back? And then somebody said, right. I'm going to miss the Mets. So it, it, it's kind of, you know, that's one of the beauties of sports is that there's fans for everybody. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, Oakland, they just do it right. We need and want to put a winning team out there. And Oakland has to draft and develop. So that's the way that they compose their major league team is through their minor league system, which means they're going to be, they have better players. And it, you saw it last year, it manifested itself in the big leagues. Yeah. The best record in baseball from the middle of May on and went to the playoffs. And arguably, I think uh, I could grab a somewhat of a baseball fan and ask him to name five players on last year's Oakland A's and <laughs> no way they could do it. You know, uh, there's, it's just because that's how they do things. So that's going to be good for our, good for us, but you know, we're going to have a good squad. It's a proven commodity, isn't it? That uh, Billy Bean and, and this analytics money ball thing that he's got going, it, it works, doesn't it? It does. And you know, the funny thing about it is Billy has really kind of come off of that I think other teams, I, I know other teams really employ more analytic-driven analysis to what's going on than the A's do. But it's it was a it's a good foundational piece because you don't make uh, you know you make a mistake at the beginning you can't undo it. What he's done and you know it's one of his secrets that he doesn't like play. You know they're they're very uh, conscious of drafting the right kind of people now. And it's real. There's no analytic to that. It's having good people, good scouts, good player development folks out there who talk to guy, get to know what they have. Uh, and you know, you see, they make a lot of minor league trades. You know, that's uh, that's one of the you know they they want to get the right kind of people in there, not just the best players. Good players who are good people. That's that's part of the whole Oakland thing, and that's good. Obviously, good for us too. Don Logan joins me. I'll never forget. I think it was 1996, if I'm correct, when the Oakland A's played their first uh, six games or so of the season at Cashman Field because Oakland Alameda was being renovated. What kind of memories do you have about that? I, I'm trying to remember who might have even been on the A's squad at that point. Was it Ricky Henderson? They had, you know, that was after the Bash brothers, obviously. Wire was hurt. He was still here. 
he got traded shortly after that to St. Louis. But they, you know, at that I think uh, Terry Steinbach was there, Walt Weiss, Mike Gallego, some of the right. four guys that they had that had done really well. Uh, but they were, you know, that was the beginning. The Mulder, Hudson, Zito, I think. Mulder might have been there. A couple, they were young at that point, but they really, you know, a couple of years later is when they really dominated the first. You know, they they never won a World Series, but they had the best pitching staff around. And uh, yeah, those guys were here. But uh, no, I remember McGuire was taking BP after they uh, they had worked out the day before they started, and I was not a lot of people were out there. Uh, Barry Weinberg was their trainer. Steve Vucinich is was their equipment guy. Still is their equipment guy. We were sitting in the dugout. And, Bob Alejo, he was their strength guy, and he also threw batting practice. He was throwing to McGuire, and he was just effortlessly, you know, hitting balls out of the ballpark, hitting <laughs> the scoreboard. And I'm like, so that's what a big league guy. <laughs> he played against us years before that when he was at Tacoma, but it was a whole different deal then. Uh, you know, and for people who don't know, how was the Aviators' name chosen? We uh, we hired a company. It's called Brandios. They've done 88 branding and rebranding initiatives for various teams, mostly baseball, and came up with a criteria. One of the things, you know, the, the, the Howard Hughes Corporation owns the team. That, that played into it a little bit, but more of it was like looking for an iconic figure from Las Vegas. You couldn't call them, you know, the mobsters would have been fun or the, the, the ants. Yeah. All right. Kind of right. A lot of there was a lot of stuff like that. So then we it it kind of took off, and then some people started suggesting aviators. I think we had almost two thousand entries. Wow. Two thousand different entries. We had thousands more than that. A lot of people had the same one, but aviators started to pop up. And explanation would be, you know, well, Howard Hughes company owns the team. Howard Hughes, the movie about him was the aviator. We're home to Nellis Air Force Base, home to the Thunderbirds. The, right. That, that started to kind of get some legs. And then, you know, in today's world, information passes around so quickly that that became the overwhelming favorite in the clubhouse. And and honestly, from a lot of the other names that, I mean, I can't even think of them all now. I've kind of put those in the back of my head. It's the, it's the cleanest. It's, you know, it, it's a, it's a good name at, uh, and it's hard to find stuff, Jim, that's not already trademarked, too. Yeah, I can imagine. And they'll be called the Las Vegas A's as well. That kind of was, that was a unintended lucky consequence, but yes. It's interesting because I think it may have, you may have said this in a previous interview, but that the Nashville Sounds Baseball Club sort of laid a blueprint for this move and that they played in an old dilapidated park for years, uh, similar to your situation, and their new stadium, now they're thriving, aren't they? They are, and their their ballpark is downtown. Uh, you know, one of the things we did in developing uh, Las Vegas Ballpark is went around to all the newer AAA parks and some of the older ones. You know, they did a, a really good job in Sacramento back in 2002. Our outdoor play area, we call it, they have a band box in Nashville, but we stole we're calling it our, it, it's, uh, I can't, we haven't announced it yet. We got a partnership deal with a very prominent beer, but it's going to be a, a really cool place in the outfield for adults, i.e. millennials, kind of what they like to do at baseball. But we've right. got idea from Nashville. We got a, uh, the club and press box kind of borrowed that from El Paso. Uh, party decks were borrowed from Charlotte. One of the, uh, you know, the pool, obviously, Phoenix has that. Uh, yeah. A lot of 
a lot of neat stuff in this place. And it's, uh, you know, it's because one of the things that was good about waiting so long is we, a lot of other people got help us out. And uh, so it, it was good. Make no mistake about it, too. You've been here for over three decades, and this is a baseball town, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, all you got to do is look at the number of players playing professionally, the guys in the big leagues, uh, you know, guys in the minor leagues, the number of kids from here going around playing collegiately, how many national championships we've won. I mean, the, the Little League World Series, you know, Mountain View really did win that because the Chicago team cheated and they yeah. got, uh, they got that. The Gorman's won Legion twice. Basics won Legion. Uh, it's, you know, and, and I think we've had some hand in that. I, I really do believe. Been a good thing. It, it really, you know, baseball is what Vegas is. And not to demean the other sports because we don't want to do that, but it's good. I'm sure there are already, you're already hearing from some people saying, hey, is uh, maybe Bryce Harper or Greg Maddox, might they be making an appearance or two in the future? Well, I th- yeah, Greg will, obviously. Bryce is going to be tied up. Uh, yeah, summer, this summer, but uh, absolutely. Talking to Don Logan, the president and COO of the Las Vegas Aviators. You know, Don, construction moves along quickly in this town. We all know that, but even you have to marvel at the evolution of the Las Vegas ballpark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know the location. A lot of times these places happen, like you mentioned Nashville before. It's kind of part of a downtown revitalization project here. Our market's different. You know, we were downtown and, you know, the real heart and soul of of the valley, if you will, is the strip. You know, we call old downtown downtown and it's it it's iconic, it's great, but it's it's not where it's happening anymore. And you know, the the way that the, the city has grown, the location out in Summerlin is just is second to none. You know, it's right there along the two fifteen. You've got Charleston and Sahara, major exits off the freeway. We've got town center on one side. It's gonna ingress and egress is really, really important. And that we've got covered. Uh the families that that attend our games, which we're able to track that through uh, you know, past buying experiences. It's really the the northwest all the way down to Green Valley and it's easier and better for the folks in Green Valley to get there. People from the east side of the valley can use the 95. I mean it it really is again it not to demean downtown but it's just a better place for what minor league baseball is all about. So uh, couldn't be happier with that. Uh, it's been fun and frustrating uh, educating the the folks out in Summerlin and uh, about you know what they've got what we are uh it's you know it's it's pretty interesting a lot of people simply you know didn't want to or wouldn't come downtown so the first coming to las vegas ballpark is going to be their first experience with us so we got to make sure we do a good job with that and how interesting is it that you're right next to city national arena It, it just seems like a great location it is it's the epicenter of sports uh too bad the raiders practice facility wasn't on the south end of the facility but uh Henderson's going to do great with that, but uh, it is. It's going to be great. Uh, you know, the, the Knights have done unbelievable. Uh, they've done for this market more than anybody ever imagined that it could do, and it's been a great addition to our market. They're they're great community partners. Uh, it, it you know being their their neighbors like we are is it's just going to be. Uh, it feels good. It, it, there's a good vibe there, a good buzz there. Uh, we talk regularly with their folks, and uh, they're excited. 
as we are. Uh, but, you know, see them get things headed the right direction through the rest of their season, and they can uh, come relax and watch some baseball at our place. I would imagine there might be some cross promotion. Oh yeah, it is, but it's just you know the the seasons don't overlap, so it, uh, it it'll be more you know we'll be. Uh, They'll be talking about us here toward the end of their season, and we'll be talking about the beginning of their year at the end of ours next year. This will be the 37th year of professional baseball in Las Vegas. You're 36th. Where were you before Las Vegas? Uh, I was in I played college, uh, and then I went to law school, and then I came here. That's it. How important is a law school background for what you do? Because, uh, the, you know... Very. No. <laughs> No. All I can tell you is I probably had a dozen of my law school classmates call me for jobs over the years. So, <laughs> you know, it, it certainly doesn't hurt being able to read a document or uh, read it really a situation and understand it. But no, it, this is a people business, you know, and I think any business really is a people business. Even, you know, you've stood the test of time because you're a good guy and people trust you and you're in an arena where uh, some you know, if there's a lot of flash in the pan people, it, baseball's about being connected with your community, being being somebody they can rely on, and that's what I've really what I, I I mandate that our staff do. You know, we're we're the stewards of baseball in Southern Nevada, and we're gonna we're gonna respect that, and we're gonna do everything we can to to uphold the integrity of you know it's. America's pastime. I mean, it's just celebrating its 150th anniversary. You think about that, it's it's pretty amazing. And it's a, it the is amazing. The Coast League is the second, PCL is the second oldest league. National League, PCL, then the American League. So we're, we've got some history that we got to be very, uh, very mindful of. When it comes to the design of this, who did you guys work with in terms of, you know, the architecture, the, the engineering? is uh, HOK. Again, we went and looked at a number of the other stadiums that have been built, talked to the folks that have worked with them. This is, we used, we chose to do uh, HOK. They did the ballpark in Columbus, Ohio, which is, uh, it's neat, it's downtown, but it's a nice place. Similar in that, uh, that's a similar market. You know, you've got Ohio State, you've got the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right. Ohio State is their Raiders, if you will. Yeah. Uh, And uh, they just, they, every. In talking with them, in fact, PSC Levy, the concessionaire, who happens to be the concessionaire at T-Mobile, we chose them as well, largely out of the the strong recommendation that they got from the the Columbus folks and really happy with what they've done. I mean, the the site up there, the the actual ballpark site, it's it's a little more than six acres, so it's a little bit tight. So it took some creativity to to get the elements in there that we wanted and still get the, an ample number of seats. I, I think if we, we could have, we would have tried to put some more seats in the place, but there just wasn't room because of the the size of the property. But that really, it, it, it kind of goes back to the reason that Wrigley and Fenway have stood the test of time is because the they're not gargantuan and they're not cold and uh, unfriendly, you know, so that our place is really going to be, everybody's going to like coming out there. I, I, I think that, uh, see, you'll, it'll feel like a big league state. The field's a big league field. I mean, they're all the same, obviously. And I've heard so many great things about your scoreboard, which is right up there with a lot of major league boards. Yep. It's the 21st largest board in all of baseball. It's uh, 30, it's like 32, 33 feet high and 130 feet wide. Wow. It's 4,000 square feet of, of digital LED, 13 HD, which I don't know. What, I know it's very clear. The Padres Mariner Spring Training Facility put one in two years ago and I was down there. 
and it, it was 15 HD. And then they said, well, this is even better. And I was in uh, Petco last year, actually, uh, at a Padres game. And it's like watching TV in your living room. Yeah, that's such a great park, isn't it? And, you know, the seats, too. I've, I've heard about those, how much cooler they're going to be this year. Yes, it's 68 degrees cooler. Adam, we put them at Cashman last year. We had, uh, we had like six of them out there. And it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. What is the situation with the pool and who will be able to use that? Uh, we're going to sell it to, to groups on a game-by-game basis. You know, to go to the pool, you got to plan. People got to bring a swimming suit. And, uh, we're going to have a lifeguard out there, lifeguards out there every day. So Howard Hughes Corporation purchased the 51s, I believe, in 2013. So you knew eventually that this was in the works, but it's, it seems like it, it must have taken a long time where you were concerned. It did. I mean, I think it's hard. I know it's hard to you bring somebody from a, an industry to this that's, that has no experience with, with baseball, with professional sports, what they had gotten into and, you know, you know that uh, honestly, me and uh, and our staff were capable and competent, and you know it, it, it just took it took a little bit of time, and you know figuring out the deal to to get it financed was uh, probably the most challenging thing I ever did, and probably one of the most filling fulfilling things I ever accomplished. So, but the, the, because of that, I think uh, we there's no stone been unturned. We really have analyzed this down to the to the short strokes. So it's going to be great. And it's called the Las Vegas Ballpark because the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority entered into a deal with you guys? We did. You know, it was funny. They're the landlord at Cashman, and we were talking about how to put this together and uh, the amount of people that came here for baseball, but the caliber. And, And that intrigued the folks over there. And then we started talking about so many other things we could do, you know, if we had the right kind of facility, if we had adequate locker rooms and we had adequate restrooms and we had the, you know, the field at Cashman was held together barely. It could barely make it through the season. We hadn't replaced it since 1988. Just little things that you wouldn't know uh, that they understood as a landlord kind of came together and they're thinking like, you know what, this is, uh, and one of their functions also is as the Fair and Recreation Board for Clark County. So this is something that's not just about our team or our ownership group. This is, this is Las Vegas. This is Clark County's facility. If Anybody wants to talk about having a, an event out here, you know, there's going to be a, you know, obviously there's fees associated with those things, but it, a community event's going to be, you know, we, we want to open it up and get people, as many people out there for as many different things as we can. We've actually talked to the Clark County School District about putting the science fair projects out there, putting them around the concourse and putting them upstairs and, uh, A lot of neat stuff that's going to, I think, benefit the whole of the community, not just the baseball fan. That is a great idea. Did you take anything with you from Cashman Field, a piece of memorabilia? You know, my office is still down there. I'm actually, I told them I'm only going to move once. Because uh, you can imagine, over 36 years, I've accumulated. <laughs> Definitely, I'm going to take. Uh, there's a seat behind the plate, section 12, uh, seat number. I, I usually sat in the seat that was numbered 11, which was right in the middle of the section, and that's where I'd go to kind of get out of the way and watch a little ball by myself because I did get into this to begin with because I love baseball. I'm talking to Don Logan from the Las Vegas Aviators. How much did it mean to you to be named the 2018 PCL Executive of the Year? And not the first time, by the way. <laughs> well, you know, those things are nice. And it, it it's nice that my colleagues 
you know, they know, they knew last year how hard I was working on this project because we have, we call it our annual GM seminar, but it's a, uh, once a year we go to a, a vacation oriented destination and we have a three day event with uh, the leaders from each of our teams that we sit down and we have a, an idea sharing and kind of a, just talk about what works, what doesn't work, you know, bring different vendors in to, they pitch their products or pitch their really their services. A lot of it's CRM and data related stuff. And uh, last year's event was in Hawaii and I missed it to stay back here <laughs> to get this, the naming rights deal done. So they had to give me the award just for missing Hawaii. <laughs> That's hysterical. Your doors open April 9th against the Sacramento River Cats. Will the stadium be mostly ready by then? It'll be ready. You know, we've talked about that. Everybody, you go by there, you go in it as much as I do, and I'm, I marvel at how much they get done day-to-day really but uh, if you i was gone for i actually uh, had to go to la for a meeting and then uh, went down to phoenix for an a's function i was there was a week between visits to the ballpark and i was shocked at how much they got done in a week so we're gonna open on the night uh pat delano our project manager's done a lot of these he assures me we're in good shape uh the hughes construction folks that are overseeing it for us for the ownership their experience, they know what they're doing. So we got, uh, you know, a guy named Dave Couts, uh, Larry Golden from Hughes. They've been, they've not done ballparks, they've done construction. We've got uh, Pat Delano with Hunt, uh, Jeff Pilgrim with Hunt, Penta's guys. Uh, you know, it's, they tell me we're in good shape. So I, and I, I believe that we are because their reputation, you know, they wouldn't let us down. So it, it's going to, there might be some little things that you'll never see that won't be exactly the way they're going to be, but it'll be, you know, again, we got to get a certificate of occupancy just to do that, to let the public in. So it's going to be, substantially, if not completely complete. I drive by quite often because I live in Summerlin. I'm trying to figure out where will people park. I know there's that parking on, uh, you know, next to City National. Yeah, there's, uh, you'll, that's the last piece of the puzzle is the, because it's the staging area now for all the everything that's getting installed. But the, directly behind right field, there's 14 acres. Uh, and actually, there's 40 acres of parking. We've got 2,700 parking places back there that we're going to pave. The, the last thing that happens is they pave the parking lots. Uh, we've got actually the lights have showed up, so they'll we'll install those. But there's going to be parking to the east out behind right field, and obviously a lot of people are going to park at downtown Summerlin and. You know, go sure. to the restaurants, go get something to eat and drink before the game, or go pick right. something up at one of the stores and and come over and watch some game, watch the game. So it's uh, there's parking will not be a problem. We have tons of parking, and Red Rock is gonna. You know, some people will do that. I, 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 you know, for Red Rock's sake, I think if people are coming to the game, hopefully they park closer to the stadium. Maybe they they go into Red Rock before the game and or after, and then. They don't jam up their parking. And is there a team shop open right now, before even before the stadium opens? In downtown Summerlin, underneath the uh, the cone, the big white cone there. We've yeah. Got the, our sales center, we've got some merchandise in there. Uh, big 3,000-square-foot team store will be open. We're hoping to get in there before the 9th. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to pull that off. That might be on the 9th as well. 
And that'll be opened even when there aren't games going on? Yeah, that'll be like yeah. at 10 to 6 every day. And as far as uh, purchasing tickets, where do we go, Don? Ticketmaster.com. Yeah, individual game tickets go on sale. And uh, right now we're selling seasons, group sales. It's, it's going very well. Well, Don Logan is the president and COO of the Las Vegas Aviators. Boy, it must seem like Christmas to you right now. It is. It's, it's good time. Yeah. Don, I thank you so much for uh, joining me. I, I appreciate that. And, and good luck as we get closer to this. Thanks, Jim. Take care. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. And by the way, did you know that Las Vegas was home to the Las Vegas Wranglers baseball team in the late 40s and 50s? They were one of the charter franchises of the Class C Sunset League. Their logo was a guy in a cowboy hat smoking a cigarette. Remember, Aviators opening day, April 9th. Get your tickets now. Thank you all for stopping by this morning. I do hope to see you back here next Sunday morning at 7.30. Spectrum is hosted, written, and produced by Jim Tofty. If If you have suggestions on future guests or topics, please send them to spectrum at smiradio.com.